0: Good morning, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Wednesday, November 3rd. I come to you from Echoey St. Anne Church. It is just St. Anne and I in here in the uh, presence of the uh, sanctuary and the tabernacle. So how wonderful uh, to be coming to you today. Um, So we're going to... We're going to continue through Luke's gospel today, but it is a feast day, St. Charles Borromeo. So I hope to speak a little bit uh, about Charles. I don't know a great deal other than what I just read and studied a bit uh, here this morning. And want to pass that on to you. And I may also, in fact, I plan to go off script and not just read the gospel, but uh, read part of the psalm to you today because it is just so darn appropriate. Today, so appropriate on this day when we still await the results uh, of an election yesterday, and uh, the results of who our leaders will be moving forward, and the anxiety that is gripping uh, much of the nation in this uh, in this time of patience. So. Uh, Let's read the gospel first, though. Let's focus on what Jesus is telling us. Always a good place to start. Luke chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. Luke 14, 25 to 33. Follows immediately after the story that Jesus told us yesterday about the uh, uh, landowner going out into the highways and hedgerows the servants and bringing people into the kingdom. So let's listen to the word of God a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you Wishing to construct a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion. Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, "This one began to build, but he did not have the resources to finish." Or what con- What king? Marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops. But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, every one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And so again, I I think we had a similar gospel to this not long ago, uh, where Jesus used that same intense imagery. Is our God inviting us today to hate our mother and father, to hate our spouse and our children, to hate our siblings, to even hate our own life? That's strong words. I mean, that's, that's what it's saying here. I cannot imagine that to be the truth. Now, again, don't want to presume anything. But from where I'm sitting, I I don't think God is saying, listen, you got to hate all this stuff. I think what he is saying is they cannot be the reason for our sustenance and existence and identity, and they cannot be that which we revolve around. It cannot be our own life upon which we revolve around and make sure everything is settled there before I go out and seek the kingdom of God. Remember the excuses yesterday? Hey, pray hold me excused. I I just bought a field. I have to go examine it. I just bought some oxen. I just got married. None of those are bad thing. To the extent we put ourselves first and revolve around that, brothers and sisters, That is what Jesus is warning us about. He's saying, listen, it's okay if you do that, but but don't fool yourself. You're not my disciple when you do that. You're not my disciple when your life revolves around you. Nor can it, as good as these people are, revolve around your mother or father, revolve around your spouse or your children, revolve around your siblings. Yes, we are called to serve them. Jesus makes clear the first and most holy commandment is to love the Lord our God with everything we have. And the second is like it, he says, to love our neighbor as ourself. Who are these people if not our neighbors? as ourselves, he's not calling us to hate ourselves in that context that goes directly against what this gospel is saying we are to love them as we love ourselves but meaning the first commandment is such that everything revolves around god what is it in matthew 6 uh, i want to say 33 but forgive me if i'm a verse or two off seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and then all these things are added unto you right Let's make sure we have at the center of our being that which deserves to be the center, the only thing that can hold the center. I reference that wonderful Yeats poem, you know, uh, the center cannot hold, things fall apart. Uh, it, it, wonderful and terrible uh, poem, The Second Coming, um, which is what it feels like right now. If you've never read it, oh, take time to read it. Um, but, uh, it's just what we're invited to, brothers and sisters, and and make no bones about it. Whoever does not carry their own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That being a disciple is difficult. It involves death, and and then he goes through the you know don't 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 give halfway. If you give halfway, you're going to be laughed at and mocked, and, and it and it's not going to be anything. You know that uh, I think it's in Luke somewhere, and so forgive me, it didn't uh, didn't look earlier. But Jesus says, Ah. Oh, Ah, oh, you know, either be hot or cold with what you're doing. But but don't be lukewarm because I'll spit you out of my mouth. We we can't be lukewarm Christians and say, Oh, when it suits us, or, or when I go to church or or when I'm I'm with those who, who find this way of life acceptable, I'll I'll be it. But when I'm not, I, I I won't. That's the ones Jesus will say, or God says, Oh, I spit you out of my mouth. He's saying We've got to be all in, all in or all out. That's okay. If you're all out, at least you know it. At least stand where you stand. You know, I, I drive around here and I see signs for, for mostly in, in this rural area, President Trump, uh, and, and some for Biden. I have no problem whatsoever with these people that have these huge signs in their, in their lawn, whatever it is, because they're all in. At least they're passionate about it. You know what? Brothers and sisters, what God's inviting us to be is passionate about our faith and all in. His last line here is is wonderful and terrible. In the same way, in the same way as these people who only go halfway in, every one of you who does not renounce all their possessions cannot be my disciple. Remember that idea of first death, second death? That, that Francis talked about. Those who, who do the first death, oh, they don't have to worry at all about the second death. This is the first death. Everything here is the first death. How do we make sure we're all in, all in, and, uh, and revolving around only one thing, only that one that can handle it, which is our God, and everything else, our mothers, father spouse, children, siblings, possessions, our own self, all revolve around that we have to die to our own being and you know that I've said this a number of times this is the essence of the spiritual life of course and and trust me brothers and sisters I do not step stand and say this on a pedestal that I have done so it is a daily occurrence that, that you and I must decide every day okay today Lord live for you today for you and when I fail Lord forgive me pick me back up and help me again Whether it's later today or tomorrow, start back over. Thank you for the rest, for the the recreation of of life, the new day. And let's start again. Let's start again. Charles Borromeo, what do I know about him? Well, he lived in a time of, of tumult. He lived in a time of change, in a time where people didn't know what was coming or going. And so if nothing else, what an appropriate feast day today on November 4th. Uh, that we, brothers and sisters, no matter what you are going through right now, today, and any anxiety you may carry or or agenda or or need to to see one thing or another, we're not the first generation to do this. In fact, we probably have been blessed in that we haven't had it a lot because most generations have seen something to this extent. Borromeo sure did. He was born in the 16th century in Milan, Italy. I want to say 1538, if memory serves. Um, shortly after Martin Luther and the Protestant Reformation began, 20-ish years, oh, that was dividing Europe. And the anger, the anger, you talk about division. I I, I don't know that we have anything going on with what Europe was going on at the time. And and he was born to a family of power and wealth and nobility in Milan. And as a young man, I want to say, you know, say 18-ish, uh, he decided to give his life to the church, and uh, and entered studies for that. Not necessarily the priesthood, just to the church. And at age 21, his uncle was elected Pope Pius IV. And uh, a little bit of nepotism: his uncle looked at his uh, nephew and said, "Hey, I want you to be the administrator of the diocese, the archdiocese of Milan." And uh, and again, we can't dictate the circumstances in which we are thrust but it's just what we do with them. And so Borromeo gave himself to it entirely. And because of his incredible intelligence, and he was incredibly adept at what he did, uh, the church, particularly his uncle, but the church saw how good he was. And before long, meaning within... a a year, a two, he was at the Vatican. He had worked his way up to Secretary of State, and by the time he was 25, so this was all in four years, he had worked himself from administrator of the Archdiocese of Milan to Secretary of State of the Vatican. His uh, brother died, and it was a crossroads in his life because he always wanted to marry, and for whatever reason, that placed that decision right in front of him, and he chose to be a priest. And uh, he was ordained, and his uncle... Appointed him at the age of twenty five, the Archbishop of Milan. but something was going on called the Council of Trent, and if you if you know your history, Trent was not like the Second Vatican Council, and let's hey let 's call it together in 1959, when John has the vision, uh, or, or maybe it was 1960, when John has the vision on the Feast of St. Paul and uh, Pope John the 23rd, and then it convenes on, in 62, uh, and it, it, it's done in 65 and has four sessions. Oh, it was nothing like that. The, the history of Trent is, would it ever convene? And if it convened, when they went away, would it ever come back together because of, of just other affairs that were going on? And it was a mess. And Borromeo was the one who held it together. And, and allowed the church. And by the way, the church was in need of reform. Thanks be to God that Borromeo helped us see that and, uh, and invited us to a new way of being church. And um, after that was all done, uh, he um, uh, went back to Milan, which needed much reform. But then what happened? The plague hit Europe. And all of his bishops and everybody who worked under him left and fled the city because Milan was overcome with the plague, but not um, Borromeo. He had given all of his wealth uh, away uh, because he wanted to be an example. And what did he do? He stayed and he fed, it's reported, 60 to 70,000 people a day, a day. And how he did that was borrowing money which took years to repay. And all this took its toll on him, and he died at the age of 46. Um, intelligent, helped reform the church, helped reform an archdiocese, used his intelligence. He, he was thrust into a situation he had no idea, but, he, but again, he used it. He used his abilities to help advance the kingdom. Brothers and sisters, whatever... Uh, It doesn't have to be nepotism. Our uncles aren't going to be pope anytime soon. But what happens is we are going to find ourselves thrust in a situation today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. How are we going to respond? And how are we going to respond with the gifts God's given us? To advance the kingdom of God, because that's what Charles did. And he gave everything, like Jesus calls in the gospel today. He gave everything for that. He was a disciple. He was a disciple. Let me leave you with this, the psalm. And uh, our psalm today is Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Brothers and sisters, Joe Biden isn't our light and our salvation. Donald Trump is not our life and our salvation. Remember this, regardless of what this outcome will be. And maybe we're going to know by the end of today. Maybe it's going to be Friday. Who knows? None of us do. But the Lord is my light and salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is my life's refuge. Of whom should I be afraid? I believe that I shall see the bounty of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord with courage. Be stout-hearted and wait for the Lord. Right now, brothers and sisters, we are called in a period of waiting. We don't know what that's going to bring forth. Something new is being birthed. And that's always a time of anxiety and change Wait for the Lord with courage in this moment. Be stout-hearted and wait for the Lord. Why? Because the Lord, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Let's remember that today and carry that with us regardless, regardless of what is going on around us. The Lord is our light and our salvation. Wait for it. Our God can bring salvation and redemption and new life out of the most unlikely of places. That is the history of Scripture. That is the history of God's action in our world. Do not think that God has stopped acting. He can redeem anything, including this. Let's pray. Bring our intentions, whatever they are, uh, with us to our prayer today so we can place them in the arms of our loving mother. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Today is Wednesday. Oh, how darn appropriate. The third joyful mystery, the birth of Christ. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. St. Charles Borromeo. Pray for us. God's peace, my friends.